day. Amen. Thank you, Pam. Appreciate helping us get through that. The course I was good with is that verse, uh, verses I wasn't that familiar with, but was uh, looking at that uh, verse number four. It says, I know not what of good or ill may be reserved for me of weary ways or golden days before his face I see. Isn't that true? We have no idea what we're going to face in this world every day. You know, some days uh, are weary ways. Uh, we have our share of those. But then we have the golden days that, you know, everything is uh, good and we feel good and think think right and feel right. And, uh, but we just, we just don't know which day is going to be what. But I know whom I have believed, and he is able to keep me against that day. You know, that's what I've committed to him, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, another wonderful song. All right, Pastor, we'll turn it over to you. Pam played something, turn around fellowship one with another. It's good to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Uh, I'm thankful that there's no other friend like Jesus. He's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. He is a faithful friend. We can depend on him. We can trust him. Uh, the Bible says that it sure is a whole lot better to put our confidence in God than it is to put our confidence in men. If you believe that tonight, say amen. 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 I do appreciate your presence, and boy, we can tell that we're getting into the fall season as uh, service. We just uh, hadn't been in service very long, and it's already starting to get dark. Won't be long till the time changes. Boo, I'm not, a, I like the long days, don't you? Amen. And I saw somebody at the gas station today, and we were talking about the weather. He said, I can't wait. He said, I, myself, I wish it was cold and snowing. I said, man, you need to go to uh, go to a shrink or something. Hallelujah. Uh, I mean, uh, I take warm weather any day. Praise God over the over the snow. But uh, God knows what we need, doesn't He? And I'm thankful that we can trust Him. And uh, uh, He, uh, the Bible says, He upholds all things by the word of His power. And if He can. Uh, uh, amen. If he can orchestrate things and cause the sun to rise in the morning to set in the evening, cause the ocean to come so far and stop on the seashore, 
amen. Uh, If he can uh, command the roosters to crow in the morning, he can take care of you, and he can provide for your needs. I'm thankful that, uh, amen, he's a trustworthy God, aren't you? So thank God for that. So hope you're having a good week, and uh, amen, hope the Lord, I know the Lord's blessed you, and uh, a lot of times some, we just need to remember that in spite of the hardships that we face, God's been good, uh, and He's faithful to us, and uh, amen, He doesn't always do for us what we want Him to do, but He always does what's best, and I'm thankful that uh, God knows better than we do, and that's why we can trust Him. All right, uh, any announcements tonight that we have? I don't think we've got anything by way of announcements that need to needs to be mentioned. Um, uh, how about prayer requests? Do we have prayer requests tonight? I'm sure that some of you have some things that you'd like to share uh, before we go any further in the service. I have something about prayer. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Preacher Lamar sent his post in today, and he said, I talked to a preacher yesterday who said he knew of 10 pastors, missionaries, who had left ministry within the last few months for numerous reasons. I'm certain that number could be multiplied by whatever number you wanted. Sadly, some of those exits from the post of duty was because of sin, while others were various other circumstances. Either way, it's a reminder that we're in a battle, and the enemy is relentlessly on the prowl. I woke up this morning with numerous men of God on my heart. We need to pray for them, especially as the Holy Spirit brings them to our minds. The very one you think will never quit or give in to sin may be the one who is closest to it. But there is victorious power in prayer. Pray for your man of God and those you know. And dear man of God, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, our sorrows will erase. So grace Greatly run the race till we Amen. And then there was, um, you know, some of the, some of the responses. Um, one man said, "Yes, sir, we need to pray for each other." I know a number of missionaries also in the process of leaving the field. And another one, "Yes, sir, dear brother, I'm thinking of some pastors, missionaries, and even one evangelist, and actually pray for them before I read this post." And another one, "Relentlessly in Christ." Um, Amen. Uh, another man said, oh, how true this is. After being on the road for 18 months, I 
The enemy is relentless. He still works on us with that lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Bottoms say, walking with the Lord daily in his word and leaning heavily on his grace. I have to work hard at keeping my eyes off of the circumstances and just trusting my heavenly father. Grace uh, or fellow laborers. So we need to not only our pastor, other, other pastors of, of like faith, we, we need our men of God who preach the truth. Amen. It's good, Pam. I do appreciate that, and I did see that and shared it myself on my Facebook page. And uh, we live in tough days, and uh, I do believe we're witnessing the great falling away right before our eyes. But I do believe God's grace is sufficient. He'll give us the strength to weather the storm and to keep on standing, having done all to stand. And we'll say more about that tonight in the message. So appreciate that. I've got one to read, but I'll wait on I'll wait on it. Uh, Share it just before I preach tonight. Any other prayer requests tonight? Anything that you'd like to bring for the church before we uh, come to the Lord in word of prayer? Yep. victim of sexual assault, uh, these children, uh, it, you would just be amazed to know what these, uh, some of these kids go through. We've experienced it in our youth program here at the church, and um, amen. Bible says it'd be better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and you to be uh, cast into the sea than for you to offend one of these little ones. Well, there's going to be a lot of people that are guilty of offending the little ones, Amen. So pray for them. Um, uh, also pray for a friend of mine, a lady that I met. You remember back, um, I guess it was earlier this year, when we went up to um, to pro protest the uh, drag queen show at uh, East Tennessee State University. And a um, uh, young lady and, and another man were there. They were also protesting, preaching, whatever you want to say. But met her. Her name's Sammy Cooper. And Sammy, she... Uh, uh, I know she's very involved. She goes up to the abortion clinics, and and I know, I, I believe she's uh, been persecuted for that, maybe even had a court situation due to um, her standing against uh, the abortion movement. But uh, she lost a baby um, that she was carrying, and, and her heart is very heavy, and she's grieving that loss. So pray for Sammy Cooper tonight. Uh, somebody else? If your kids are healthy and safe and secure, you ought to say praise the Lord. 
It's amazing just how quick things can change. Uh, go ahead, Uncle Kenny. Did you have one? Amen. We still need to remember Otis called the other day. And I thank the Lord, Otis. He, uh, I think he's been done wrong and everything, but uh, uh, we pray for Otis. He asked about the church and everything. Every time he calls, so uh, remember Otis. Yes, do remember him as within the next couple of months. He's going to be going before... Um, a uh, panel of uh, judges uh, as it relates to his appeal. So remember Otis Melton, remember his family in prayer as they continue to deal with that issue. And remember uh, Kenny's sister Pat in prayer. Somebody else tonight? Yeah, continue to remember Matt Cutshaw in prayer. It seems like there's been an unusual number of uh, young people in our school system, especially high schools, uh, whether it be um, um, just tra tragedies on the ball field or in schools. And uh, amen. Anytime there's a death or something like that, it does provide an opportunity for uh, kids to think about their own mortality. And the fact that life is short, and uh, I don't care whether you're a child or whether you're an adult, uh, you need to be confronted uh, every now and when, every now and then, with the fact that you're not going to live forever. And life is short; it's a vapor, and we need to um, live each and every day as if it were our last. Amen. Because it could be. Amen. Any others tonight? Right. One of them was the last thing I had today. They had stopped at six hands of what had no interest in the Lord. And I said about the leadership of this. Amen. Somebody else tonight. Encourage you to pray for uh, the art ministries as God continually provides us with opportunities to uh, reach people and be a help. Most of all, share the gospel with them and point them towards. Uh, Jesus, amen. Uh, pray that souls would be saved through that ministry. Anyone else tonight? Unspoken requests by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to pray for. You have people that you know who need to be saved. 
Let's remember our missionaries on the field and uh, just pray for each other, pray for our church, pray for other churches of like faith, uh, that we just keep on pressing on for, um, for the cause of Christ. Uh, Jesus is coming soon, and uh, it will be worth it all when we see Christ. Amen? All right, uh, let's see. We'll gather around the altar. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there uh, in your seats tonight. <clears throat> Brother, you lead us in prayer tonight? Father, we do thank you, God, tonight for this blessed privilege we have to come in your presence, to gather in your midst and in your name. And uh, Father, Lord, just knowing, God, the times that we're living in and the days. Uh, but God, Lord, um, God, help us not to be guilty of having a pessimistic attitude or attitude of defeat to permeate our lives. Lord, help us to know and, and realize, God, that uh, we're on the winning side, God. And, uh, Lord, uh, one of these days, God, our faith will be vindicated. And Lord, uh, uh, God, uh, Lord, uh, we're going to, all the trials and all the hardships that we face in life will be over, God. We need to be found faithful. God, we need to focus, Lord, on the Lord, the purpose, Lord, that you, uh, Lord, you've left us here to fulfill, God. Uh, Lord, we're here, God, to point people to Jesus, God. We're here, uh, Lord, to um, to rescue as many souls from the fire, Lord, to be spiritual firefighters, so to speak, God. And, and Lord, Father, uh, uh, God, we want to be faithful watchmen, God. We don't want to stand before you one day with blood on our hands. Lord, knowing that we didn't uh, blow the trumpet and sound the alarm, um, God, Lord, I pray that you'd just uh, add to our numbers. Lord, I pray that you'd, uh, uh, Lord, uh, build our church, God, not according to our will, but thy will. Uh, Lord, just help us to stay united. Help us to continue to be faithful. And, Lord, I pray that we'd encourage one another. Lord, encourage not only... Uh, ourselves and each other, God, but Lord, Lord, we'd be sensitive, God, to those, God, who are hurting, and Father, Lord, just uh, for the people that you bring across our life's pathway from day to day, God, who stand in need, Father, Lord, I thank you, God, for this privilege you have, you've given us tonight together, Lord, we're here for no other reason, God, than to magnify uh, the name of our Savior, God, to... Uh, uh, Lord, to declare, thus saith the Lord, so God, I pray you'd use us in a great and a mighty way. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you might help us to glean or to receive something, uh, Lord, uh, not from our own abilities, our own talents, God, our own philosophies or ideas. God, but it be, thus saith the Lord tonight, Lord, we just magnify the scriptures and uh, let your word do what you promised uh, what you said he'd do. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. All right. Um, you can be turning in your Bibles tonight, the book of Jeremiah. While you're turning, I, I've got one I want to read. Uh, some of you may have saw this, um, but if you haven't, 
It is a little lengthy, but uh, it's all right. I'll read it as quick as I can. Little boy put on, uh, put on his clothes for the cold and then told his father, Oh, Dad, I'm ready. His dad, the pastor, said, Ready for what? Dad, it's time to go outside and uh, pass out flyers. The dad replied, Son, it's cold outside and it's drizzling. The child looked surprised. His father said, But Dad, people need to know about God even on rainy days. Dad replied, Son, I'm not going outside in this weather. With despair, the child said, Dad, can I go alone, please? His father waited for a moment then said, Son, you can go. Here are the flyers. Be careful. Thank you, Dad. And with this, the son went out into the rain. The 11-year-old walked uh, all the streets of the village, handing out the flyers to the people he saw. After two hours of walking in the rain and cold and with his last flyer in his hand, he stopped at a corner to see if he saw somebody to give the flyer to, but the streets were deserted. He turned to the first house he saw, walked to the front door, rang the bell several times and waited, but nobody came out. Finally, the boy turned to leave, but something stopped him. The child turned back to the door and began to ring the bell and pound on the door strongly with his knuckles. He kept waiting. Finally, the door was opened gently. A lady came out with a very sad look and gently asked, What can I do for you, son, with radiant eyes and a bright smile? The child said, Lady, I'm sorry if I upset you, but I just want to tell you that God really loves you and that I came to give you my last flyer, which talks about God and his great love. The boy then gave her the flyer. She just said, thank you, son. God bless you. The next Sunday morning, the pastor was in the pulpit, and when the service began, he asked, does somebody have a testimony or something they want to share? Gently in the back row of the church, an older lady stood up. When she started talking, a radiant and glorious look sprouted from her eyes. Nobody in this church knows me. I have never been here. Even last Sunday, I was not a Christian. My husband died a while ago, leaving me totally alone in this world. Last Sunday was a particularly cold and rainy day, and it was so cold and lonely in my heart that I felt I had come to the end of the road and didn't want to live anymore. I took a chair and a rope and went up to the attic of my house, tied a noose on the other end of the rope to the rafters, then I climbed onto the chair and put the rope around my neck. I then stood on the chair so alone and heartbroken I was about to throw myself off the chair when suddenly I heard the loud sound of the door being knocked on. So I thought I'll wait for a minute and whoever it is will go away. I waited and waited, but the door knocking was getting louder and louder every time. It got so loud that I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I wondered who could it be. No one, no one ever comes to my door or comes to visit me. I released the rope from my neck and went to the door while the bell was still ringing and the door was still being knocked on. And I opened the door. I couldn't believe what my eyes saw. In front of my door was the most radiant and angelic child I've ever seen. His smile, oh, I can never describe it. The words that came out of my mouth or of his mouth made my heart, which had been dead so long, come back to life. When he said with the voice of an angel, Lady, I just want to tell you that God really loves you. When the little angel disappeared between cold, the cold and the rain, I closed my door and read every word of the flyer. Then I went to the attic to remove the chair and the rope. I didn't need them anymore. As you see, now I am a happy daughter of the king. Since the direction of the boy when he left was this church, I came personally to say thank you to that little angel of God who came just in time to rescue my life from an eternity in hell and replace it with an eternity in God's presence. Everybody in the church cried 
the pastor came down from the pulpit to the first bench where the little boy was sitting. He took his son in his arms and cried uncontrollably. Don't let this message die because of tiredness or bad weather. Remember, God's message can make a big difference in somebody's life. Never be afraid to spread the gospel. So, pretty powerful. Anybody, have anybody saw that or read that? I thought it was very, very good. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we won't tonight. Um, all right, let's turn, if we can, to Jeremiah chapter number 37 tonight, if you will, in your Bibles. Amen. As we continue right on through uh, the book of Jeremiah, and I guess we've, we've come far along. We've come too far to look back as far as this study is concerned. Again, at one point in time, I thought that we, uh, we uh, might go a different direction, but um, uh, I'll tell you, just the more you study the Word of God, the more you find uh, truths that will help you. And, and I'm excited about tonight's message, but especially excited about chapter number 38. The Lord's already given some, me some things. These two chapters uh, go right together. Uh, but uh, again, maybe just some encouragement for us during tough times. And church, I'm telling you, we may think we've got it bad, but uh, we're doing pretty well compared to uh, the shape Jeremiah was in and the things he was going through and um, what he was facing, again, right before uh, the Babylonians, uh, again, pretty much destroyed the city of Jerusalem. He had spent his entire life and ministry, uh, preaching a message that had to be beyond difficult to preach, uh, not a message of, of, of uh, grace and love and hope, but a message of judgment. And, um, you know, he was hated for it. His message was beyond unpopular, and he was uh, viewed and looked at as being a troublemaker when in reality all he was doing was preaching the truth and they ought to have uh, given him a medal, uh, you know, for trying his best to make them aware of what was getting ready to come uh, down the pipeline, so to speak. But I've entitled tonight's message, uh, A False Sense of Security, and I think you'll understand why as we read these verses. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. If, if you found your place, Jeremiah 37, 1, say amen tonight. The Bible says, And King Zedekiah the son of Josiah reigned instead of Caniah the son of Jehoiakim, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made king in the land of Judah. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land did hearken unto the words of the Lord, which he spake by the prophet Jeremiah. And Zedekiah the king sent Jehuchel the son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah the son of Messiah the priest, uh, to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Pray now unto the Lord our God for us. Now Jeremiah came in and went out amongst the people, for they had not put him into prison. Then Pharaoh's army was come forth out of Egypt, and when the Chaldeans that besieged Jerusalem heard tidings of them, they departed from Jerusalem. Then came the word of the Lord unto the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, thus shall ye say unto the king of Judah that sent you unto me to inquire of me, behold, Pharaoh's army, which is come forth to help you, shall return to Egypt unto their own land. 
And the Chaldeans shall come again and fight against this city and take it and burn it with fire. Thus saith the Lord, Deceive not yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans shall surely depart from us, for they shall not depart. For though ye had smitten the whole army of the Chaldeans that fight against you, and there remain but wounded men amongst them, yet should they rise up every man in his tent and burn this city with fire. And it came to pass that when the army of the Chaldeans was broken up, from Jerusalem for fear of Pharaoh's army. Then Jeremiah went forth out of Jerusalem to go into the land of Benjamin to separate himself thence in the midst of the people. And when he was in the gate of Benjamin, the captain of the ward was there, whose name was Arijah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah. And he took Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Thou fallest away to the Chaldeans. Then said Jeremiah, It is false. I fall not away to the Chaldeans. But he hearkened not to him. So Arijah took Jeremiah and brought him to the princes. Wherefore the princes were wroth with Jeremiah and smote him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe. For they had made that the prison. When Jeremiah was entered into the dungeon and into the cabins, and Jeremiah had remained there many days, then Zedekiah the king sent and took him out, and the king asked him secretly in his house, and said, Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. For he said, For, said he, Thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said unto king Zedekiah, What have I offended against thee, or against thy servants, or against this people, that ye have put me in prison? Where are now your prophets, which prophesied unto you, saying, The king of Babylon shall not come against you, nor against this land. Therefore hear now, I pray thee, O my lord the king, let my supplication, I pray thee, be accepted before thee, that thou cause me not to return to the house of Jonathan, the scribe, lest I die there. Then Zedekiah the king commanded that they should, not, or that they should commit Jeremiah into the court of the prison, and that they should give him daily a piece of bread out of the Baker Street. And all the bread in the city were spent, or until all the, the, the bread in the city was spent. Thus Jeremiah remained in the court of prison, the prison. Again, a false sense of security. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you tonight for this privilege to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for these who are here, those uh, who are unable to be here. Comfort them, uh, Lord, whatever it is they're facing. But Lord, I pray that you'd use us tonight just to share some truths that would help us uh, go a little further on life's journey for Thee. Uh, God, we need You. We need, um, we need spiritual strength. We need nourishment. We need comfort. Uh, Lord, we need, uh, we need help, Father. Lord, help us to look into the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from You. Lord, use me tonight as I preach. And Lord, that uh, nothing would be said other than that which would bring honor and glory to Thy name. Honor Your Word, exalt Your Son by way of Your humbled servant. We're going to praise You in advance for who You are and what You do for us. In Jesus' name we pray all God's people said. Amen. Alright, let's just get right into the text tonight and, uh, and see how far we can get. There's an identification, verse number 1. And King Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, reigned instead of Keniah, the son of Jehoiakim. Now, again, this is a royal dynasty, 
uh, all descendants of, of David. But um, again, Josiah, I think we even mentioned it last week, you had Hezekiah who, uh, you know, brought genuine revival, although it was temporary. Yet Hezekiah, who was a man of prayer, um, God used him to bring about revival, genuine revival in the land of Judah. Uh, during the time that, that Israel, the northern kingdom, the, the northern tribes, were being uh, carried off into captivity by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians even invaded Judah, surrounded the city of Jerusalem, but God intervened through Hezekiah's prayer, and God miraculously wrought a great deliverance. But yet, um, again, after Hezekiah, God used him to do great and wonderful things for the people. Then his son Manasseh came on the scene, and Manasseh was the most wicked king that reigned in over Judah. Um, he pretty much undid everything that his dad had accomplished. And, and really, Manasseh, we might credit him with sealing the fate, so to speak, uh, in uh, the nation of Judah. You know, again, there was some temporary hope because of what had happened in under Hezekiah's reign, but here Manasseh comes on the scene, and uh, it really did pretty much seal Judah's doom. Uh, but then a little later on, uh, Josiah uh, followed in the footsteps of his granddaddy, Hezekiah, and he did his best to... Uh, uh, his desire, the heartbeat of his heart was to see uh, genuine revival in the land of Judah. But instead of bringing about revival, Josiah, all he did was, uh, was bring about uh, reformation. Uh, amen. And some reform. And, but he was a good man. He was a godly king. He loved the Lord. And uh, amen. Uh, uh, certainly his reign and rule and over Judea, or Judah was positive and successful to a certain extent. But yet, uh, his predecessors, his children and grandchildren, uh, amen, uh, three of them mentioned right here, Zedekiah, verse number 1, Kaniah, and the son of Jehoiakim, these three, and Jehoiakim is the one we mentioned last week that was guilty of pen knife in the Word of God and burning uh, the role of Scriptures with fire. And uh, again, these were wicked men, none of them were good men, none of them were godly men. And we might say that Zedekiah was one of, if not the weakest kings that ruled in over uh, Israel or Judah. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Pontius Pilate. Uh, amen. He was a man pleaser. Uh, amen. We might say that he, was, uh, he went with the flow and he made decisions according to whichever way the wind was blowing in the land. Reminds me of a lot of politicians in our day. Amen? Uh, you know, you say, preacher, what do we need today? We need some men and women of principle. People who would stand, be willing to stand for what's right, uh, regardless of whether it benefits them to do so. And uh, I'm thankful I was raised that way. I'm thankful that's what I was taught. Uh, amen? That you stand and you live your life according to principle. Uh, not according to, to amen. In other words, uh, the end justifies the means, so to speak. And that's the kind of man Zedekiah was. Uh, but you know, the weakness. Do you know you can use um, 
you know, the condition of leadership in a country to, to judge. It, it's, it's a measuring stick, so to speak, of the condition of that land. Not just a nation, but uh, a community. You know, it all rises. Society rises and falls with leadership. Even a church, amen. Uh, you know, how, what, can, what shapes the church in? Well, just look at its leadership, amen. And, and across churches in our world today, there is a dearth when it comes to leadership, amen. The, the old men of God, and I'm not just talking about preachers and, and pastors, I'm talking about deacons and Sunday school teachers, like the, the, the men uh, that, that we used to have here that we've lost a lot of it due to death, uh, amen. Who's going to stand? Who's going to fill their shoes? Who's going to stand in their place? And friend, I'm telling you, we're in a mess today in America. We're in a mess today in Greenville. We're in a mess today uh, in our churches and in our families uh, because there's a lack of leadership. Uh, amen. And uh, uh, as far as our homes are concerned, uh, we men, uh, amen, we're shirking our responsibility and we're uh, laying down on the job, and we're not leading our homes the way God would have us to. You help me preach. Uh, our nation needs leadership. And I'm not just talking about one political party or another. I mean, it goes to say what we've got uh, in the White House right now, is a, it's a joke. Uh, but the other side isn't much better. And uh, amen, uh, you know myself, I got into some trouble and in the last administration, I was very vocal and very supportive of our last president. But can I just be honest with you and say that he's disappointing me greatly right now. Uh, you don't get quiet on me. Don't get nervous. Amen. I mean, listen, uh, going to champion, uh, you know, abortion and, and uh, or, 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 amen, the, uh, you know, basically say that his, uh, great the great achievement of his presidency, uh, amen, was to strike down Roe versus Wade. Well, and, and praise the Lord, that's something that we um, should have praised God for and, and should have thanked God for. But now he's turning, turning tail uh, and he's, um, uh, he's speaking against these states who have adopted uh, a heartbeat bill to protect any child that, uh, at, from the point of heartbeat, a heartbeat, protect the life of that child, uh, he's saying that's a tragedy. Well, if he don't change his mind, I won't vote for him. Ah, that's right. Amen. We need some people of principle in this land. Amen. We need, uh, we need some leaders who would be willing to take the stand that God would have them to. Amen. Uh, regardless of whether it's popular or unpopular, Amen. Uh, listen, uh, what about what's right versus what's wrong? Amen. All right, I'll move on. There's a submission. Verse 1, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made king in the land of Judah. Let me just say this, though. Uh, weak leadership is, uh, is an evidence of divine judgment. Amen. When you find a nation that uh, that's leadership has become corrupt, that is a, an evidence that 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 nation is under the, uh, the hand of God's wrath. And we need to pray for our nation. And we need to pray that God in His mercy and His grace would raise up some godly spiritual leaders, whether it be in the political arena, whether it be the business arena, but especially in the spiritual arena. Men of God who would stand and faithfully uh, declare, Thus saith the Lord, 
uh, like Jeremiah did. The submission, verse 1, he, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made king. You know, all Zedekiah was, he was a puppet who basically did everything Nebuchadnezzar told him to. Right? Uh, amen. Uh, he was appointed. You see, he wasn't a David, amen, but he was a man that was simply uh, appointed as a puppet to do the will of his enemy, which was the Babylonians. Again, just a, a sign of uh, egregious weakness. And friend, I want to tell you, that that's right. Uh, you know, where there's division, there'll be weakness. Right? Division causes weakness. And whereas at one point in time, Israel was united together, Judah and Israel, Amen. But they were divided. And I look at our own nation and our own land. And America today is more divided than she's ever been. And that is an evidence not of a political problem, but it's a spiritual problem. Amen. You know what's divided America's sin? Amen. That's right. I read something today, and boy, I can't get off the beaten path, but uh, about just, we don't see it as much here in Greenville, but get ready, it's coming. Uh, but lawlessness that is just just like a tidal wave, is overwhelming the big cities and the metropolises and, uh, amen, the uh, urban areas. Uh, you know, these large, uh, you, you know, these large retail chains. I mean, people are just brazenly walking in in broad daylight and, and uh, robbing, robbing the stores clean and nobody's doing anything about it. Why? Because we live in a day of lawlessness. Because, amen, amen, our nation is weaker than it has ever been before. And friend, that's a, that's a sign that we're living in the last days, lawlessness. Amen. Now there's a rejection, verse number 2, but neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land did hearken unto the words of the Lord. This, If there's another one of these things that just keep coming up over and over again throughout the book of Jeremiah, it's simply that God's people just would not listen to God's Word. We want to complicate things and say, well, why are we in the shape we're in? Why are our churches dead and dry? And why are we not seeing souls saved? Well, it's simply because we're disobedient. We're not hearkening unto God's Word. We're not doing what the Bible says. Amen. And God, we can't expect the blessings and the favor of God to return into our churches and our congregations until we get back to doing what He's told us to do. Amen. They wouldn't hearken. The representation which He spake by the prophet uh, Jeremiah. There's a petition, verse 3. Zedekiah the king sent Jehukal, the son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, the priest, to the prophet Jeremiah saying, Pray now unto the Lord our God for us. Isn't that interesting? Uh, how that during a time of trouble, you know, uh, the kings who followed after Josiah, they didn't want to hear anything to do with Jeremiah's message uh, when he was warning them that uh, before it was all said and done, the Babylonians was going to come, invade the land, surround the city, destroy the, te the temple, many would be slain, and uh, is or Judah as a whole would be carried off into captivity. We don't want to hear that. They listened to the message of the false prophets who had a more appealing message, who, who told them what they wanted to hear, uh, gave them the feel-good message rather than the truth. 
But now, all of a sudden, Jeremiah's word was coming to pass, and they were changing their tune. Would you pray for us, Jeremiah? We need, uh, amen. Uh, listen, brother, you better, you better be in tune with God before the trouble comes, before the hardship. Uh, amen. Listen, that's what we want to do today is make God a spare tire, and, and we don't want to give Him uh, the time of day. You don't want to pay attention, live our lives as if God does not exist until we get in a bind, until we start reaping the harvest of our own sin. Amen. We, start, we sow sinful seed and we start uh, reaping rotten fruit and all of a sudden we want God to bail us out of our uh, dilemma. Amen. That's right. We better seek Him early while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Uh, amen. Because one day it will be too late. Uh, there's a represent. well, no, we've already said that. Uh, liberation, verse 4, Now Jeremiah came in and went out among the people, for they had not put him into prison. At this point in time, he was not incarcerated. He was getting ready to be. Uh, Jeremiah had already been put into the stocks for preaching the truth. And um, you remember that story. Jeremiah, he said, uh, I'm not going to prophesy anymore in his name. Don't, I'm not, you know, I preach the truth. I've been faithful. And what does it get me? It gets me locked up. Amen. I'm getting, uh, I, I'm the troublemaker. Amen. I'm the problem causer here. So I'm not going to say anything. No more about the Lord. Not going not to preach the God or preach the message that God's given him to preach. But he said, I couldn't help it because there was a fire shut up in my bones. Amen. I believe, I've told you this before, but uh, amen. When I was in Bible college, one of my teachers said, or we asked him, we said, you know, how do you know if you're truly called? And he just thought about an old seasoned man that had pastored many, many churches. And he thought about it and just looked at us. And we were look, looking for some extravagant answer, so to speak. And he just looked at us and calmly said, if he stays at it. Amen. If he stays at it. Uh, amen. I, I've had plenty of reasons to quit. Uh, I, I've had plenty of reasons. If I'm looking for an excuse... To throw in the towel and give up, just as Pam was talking today, amen. But listen, there's just something that keeps bringing me back and something that just continues to call me, uh, amen. To, uh, I couldn't keep my mouth shut if I could, and not just because I'm a Bailey, but because God's given me a message to proclaim, amen. And um, verse number 5, the vision, Then Pharaoh's army was come forth out of Egypt, and when the Chaldeans that besieged Jerusalem heard tidings of them, they departed from Jerusalem. The arrival of Pharaoh's army on behalf of Judah. And this had been a problem even in Josiah's day. Uh, you know, the same problem that we experience in our day, and that is instead of turning to the Lord for help, we want to turn to the, to the world. Amen. Listen, it's never according to God's will for you to turn to Egypt for help. Egypt, Egypt does not have your best interest in mind. Egypt has never done anything good for me like what God's done for me. Amen. And a lot of times when we get in a bind, we want to turn to Pharaoh for help. The devil wants to damn your soul to hell, so why would you ask him to do anything for you? But that's what we see here is that God's people felt a sense of relief because in the nick of time, Pharaoh showed up. 
It's never a good thing when Pharaoh shows up in your life, right? And uh, it's appeared to be a sign of supernatural deliverance. Almost reminiscent of what happened with Hezekiah, amen, when he, uh, when he spread the letter out before God and all of a sudden uh, God miraculously delivered Judah or Jerusalem from the Assyrians who had surrounded and besieged the city. And they said, well, he's, he's going to do it again. But it, this served as nothing more than a false sense of security. I'm sure that the false prophets who were preaching a message of prosperity, <laughs> amen, a, a, amen, a message that it's all going to be okay, uh, God would never judge us over our sin. We are His chosen people. He would never allow the Babylonians to besiege us. And I'm sure they took advantage of this temporary reprieve after the city had been besieged and surrounded and it seemed as if it was only a matter of time before the city would fall. Here comes Pharaoh and the Egyptians to the rescue. And God's people began to celebrate in jubilation. Look what God's done. See, the problem is God's people hadn't repented. And God would not deliver until there was repentance. May I say to you tonight that... America's problems will not be resolved until we repent. Greenville's problems will not be fixed until God's people turn from their sin. United Baptist Church, uh, amen, will never be what God would have it to be until we start hearkening unto the Lord's Word and doing what He said He'd do. You know, we've got this in, oh Lord, I can't get, up, get off on this tonight, but this deliverance crowd. I mean, God will, God will deliver you. I mean, it's what you need is deliverance. No, what you need is salvation. And the Bible says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. You don't need a second work of deliverance. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I have victory over my flesh. And you know, you know what people, they're wanting, they're wanting deliverance from the consequence of their sin. Amen? No, what you need to do is repent and then you'll be delivered. Amen? Deal with your sin and God will set you free. That's good preaching. Now there's an instruction, verse number 8, Then came the, uh, the word of the Lord unto the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Thus say, shall ye say to the king of Judah that sent you unto me to inquire of me, Behold, Pharaoh's army which is come forth to help you. See, that's what the devil will offer you help. And if you're not careful during a time of desperation, you'll take what, what is old saying, beggars can't be choosy. Well, friends, spiritually speaking, that, that does not apply to us. Amen, because we're not beggars. We're children of the Most High God. Amen, and the devil will offer you assistance. But, see, here's the problem. It's just like, oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm getting off. Government assistance, so to speak. To, to depend upon somebody is to be controlled by them. And when, the, when, when you depend upon the devil's crowd... And when you depend upon the world, amen, for the help that you need, what you uh, are doing is you are obligating yourself to depend upon them and to be under their control. 
I don't want to be under Pharaoh's control. He's not my commanding officer. Amen. I don't answer to the world for orders. Amen. I serve the captain of the Lord's host, the Most High God. Amen. See, uh, but uh, again, Pharaoh offered, see what happened? Amen. Amen. I love the Word of God. Pharaoh offered assistance, but then he didn't come through on his end of the deal. Isn't that right? Isn't that what the devil does? Amen. He said, let's make a deal. You capitulate to my, uh, uh, you know, what I expect, my demands. But then you keep your end of the deal and the devil turns tail and runs back to, to, to Egypt. Amen. You can't trust Pharaoh. But the only one you can trust is the Lord your God which has come forth to help you, shall return to Egypt into their own land, and the Chaldeans shall come again and fight against this city and take it and burn it with fire. See, if God's people would repent, God would, God would have took care of the problem. But they simply did not want to hear what God had to say. But think about this. Jeremiah was commanded. I mean, we're talking about a time of jubilation, a time of celebration in Jerusalem. I mean, God has has miraculously delivered us from Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah's message was false. He's been warning of judgment, but look what God has done. Again, pumping it up, having a time of celebration. God said, Jeremiah, go preach what you've been preaching all along. He was commanded to preach a message that was contrary to the circumstances and the situation at hand. Brother, you think that's easy. You try it. Amen? You, you, try, you just try to stand behind a pulpit and, and preach a message that's contrary to, uh, uh, to, to the uh, expectations of society. You, you try to preach a message that's politically correct or that's not politically correct. Amen? You try to take a stand on biblical truths instead of conforming the Word of God to the expectations of this world. It'll get you in the same trouble it got Jeremiah in. But you know what the Bible says? We're supposed to be instant in season and out of season. Amen. Now, I know you ain't supposed to hunt out of season, but you are to preach out of season. We preach when it's popular, but preach when it's not popular. Do not change our message to conform to, to uh, amen, the condition of the world that we're living in. God's Word does not change. Exhortation. Verse 9, Thus saith the Lord, Deceive not yourself, saying the Chaldeans shall surely depart from us, for they shall not depart. Friend, I, I think we need to, to, to think, you know, we're, we're in trouble. And I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic tonight. I'm thankful that God's in control, that God's going to take care of His own no matter what world may go to hell, but I'm going to heaven. Amen? So, I mean, there's nothing for us to, to, to be afraid of. But if we think things are going to get better, we're, we're fooling ourselves. Yes, there may be times of temporary reprieve. And, and amen, where things seem to be getting a little bit better. But listen, I'm just telling you, uh, storm clouds are gathering. Judgment's coming, brother. And it's not going to be pleasant. Uh, our nation has turned, they, um, America 
has shaken its fist in the face of the God who made her everything. If you think God's going to turn a deaf ear to that, you're wrong. So we, we must not allow ourselves to develop a false sense of security, but we must prepare ourselves for what lies ahead. Say, so preacher, how do I do that? Stay close, stay close to God. Live your life as if it live your life for Jesus as if you're going to stand before him tomorrow. Amen. Determination. For though ye had smitten the whole army of the Chaldeans that fought against you, and there remained but wounded men among them, yet should they rise up every man in his tent and burn this city with fire. In other words, there was nothing that God's people could do to change the situation. Friend, God's going to do what God's going to do. Amen. And I, you better just, I mean, instead of trying to manipulate and fix and change the situation, you just better make sure you're right side on the right side of the coin when judgment falls. Amen. You better make sure you're not like Lot who found himself living in Sodom and exposing his family. Amen. Giving his own kids up to satisfy his own lustful desires. Amen. I don't want to be... I don't want to be found in Sodom when the fire falls, do you? Amen. Jubilation. And it came to pass, verse 11, that when the army of the Chaldeans was broken up from Jerusalem for fear of... Can you just see that? I mean, celebration. Oh, man, everything's great. Look what God's done. Verse 12, separation. Jeremiah went forth out of Jerusalem to go in the land of Benjamin to separate himself thence in the midst of the people. We don't know why he did that. He certainly was not abandoning his people. Um, somebody said he just had some business to take care of, uh, amen, in the land of Benjamin. We don't know, but when he did, he was captured. Uh, he was found out, and they accused him of uh, falling away to the Chaldeans, verse 13. Quickly, verse 14, there was a refutation. He said, you know, he tried to defend himself presentation they took him and brought him to the princes verse 14 and here's persecution and, and he'd already been persecuted to a certain extent but now they're smiting him he was being smitten i mean he was he was physically suffering persecution for the stand that he was taking he was incarcerated verse 15 put him in prison the house of jonathan the scribe amen wasn't the first time and it wasn't going to be the last either because even though he was faithfully preaching the truth, they were blaming him as the being, the, being, being the reason they were in the shape that they were in. Continuation, he had entered into the dungeon and into the cabins, and Jeremiah had remained there many days. In, in other words, this place of imprisonment, captivity, it wasn't just for a short period of time. But he, you know, this was a very dark time in Jeremiah's life, and just as he had been tempted to capitulate and he became depressed previously, I'm sure that that same temptation existed uh, in this situation. Also, there's a question, oh, this is so funny, Zedekiah. I mean, he, didn't, he, he couldn't figure out where he stood. They ought to put Zedekiah, give him a seat in Washington, D.C. Amen. I mean, he, he just was a confused fellow, had no idea which side of the fence he was on, but he, verse 17, he sent, took him out, and the king asked him secretly. Now, we don't want nobody to, to see the king talking to that, that prophet, amen. That'll ruin his reputation. He said, is there any word from the Lord? 
I love it. Verse 17, Jeremiah said, oh yeah, there's a word. <laughs> Same word I've been telling you for 20 years now. Thou shalt be delivered into the, king, the hand of the king of Babylon. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful example? I know we're just teaching right now, but isn't that a wonderful uh, example of steadfastness? On the, I mean, if I'd been in prison for many days, especially what's getting ready to happen to him in chapter number 38, man, I, I mean, you think there wasn't a, he wasn't tempted to compromise? Maybe go easy a little bit? Maybe, maybe uh, not, as, not as strong of a message as what I've been preaching so the king might go a little light on me? No, that's not what he did. He faithfully declared, Thus saith the Lord. Friend, that's what we got to do. The, the message of the gospel, the truth of the scriptures, is more unpopular today than it ever has been. And I got news for you we ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to become worse and worse to stand for the principles of this book. But you know what you got to do? Keep standing. You know what I got to do? Keep preaching. You know what we've got to do as a church? Be faithful. We cannot bow down to the pressures of society. I've said it before, man. We could, we could fill this church up snapping our fingers if we wanted to. And don't get me wrong. I want a crowd. But I want a crowd of folk that wants to hear what the Bible says. Amen. Not to be entertained. Uh, amen. We cannot afford. You know, it's like the... Uh, and I'm, I'm almost finished tonight. But it, it's kind of like if... Uh, there, there's a, a, a hurricane coming in or a tornado getting ready to hit and you start sounding the warnings and uh, instead of making preparation, go to the weatherman and say, we don't like that report, give, give, us, a, give us something better. I mean, the hurricane's coming, but tell us the sun's going to shine. That's foolishness. You'd think people would want to hear the truth. Amen, because the truth is the only thing that's going to fix the problem. The, the truth is the only thing that's going to help you, but yet we live in a day where men and women will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear the truth. They will not hearken because the truth confronts and exposes the reality of their sin. So what do we do? Keep giving it out anyway. Regardless of how they respond, regardless of of whether or not they submit to it and listen to it. Isaiah said, how long shall I do it? He said, I got news for you, Isaiah. They ain't going to pay attention to anything you say, but you still preach until the city's left in a state of utter destruction. You think that's easy? But listen, that's the example that men like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel set before us. And if, and if that's what God expected them to do, it's what He expects us to do also. Confrontation and a desertion, verse 18 and 19. You know, um, uh, you know, Hezekiah, or excuse me, Jeremiah was asking for some mercy to a certain extent. But I like verse 19. Where are your prophets? Amen. Where'd that liberal crowd go? Where, where'd that, uh, where, did, where did they go? The ones that were promising you that all of this trouble would go away. It's going to be okay. Amen. You know, the false prophets, I mean, they'll be the loudest to howl until the truth comes out. And then you can't find them. They want to run and hide. 
The truth will tell on every man, whether he's of God or not, right? Verse number 20, supplication. You know, he, he's asking that he wouldn't die in the prison. In verse 21, you know, um, they, they, they put him back into prison, but yet the king made sure that Jeremiah didn't starve and that he was took care of. How many of you believe God will take care of you? How many of you believe God is in the business of providing for His own? Friend, He didn't say it's going to be easy, and, and I'm just here to tell you, days are going to get harder before they get better. But on the authority of God's Word, He's going to take care of us. He'll take care of my life. He'll take care of my family. He'll take care of your family. He'll take care of this church as long as we faithfully proclaim, Thus saith the Lord. Amen. And remain true to His high and holy name. Let's all stand tonight. I really wanted to get through this chapter because.